fasten your seatbelt. I'm taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. As if. You're going to ask me. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. I bet the greatest generation guys don't have to do this twice. Uh. <laughs> we are the... <laughs> We're three guys that are a little bit embarrassed to not have a Star Trek podcast, but we do for this episode, and we're dubbing our... Since this is the second time around, since the recording didn't work so well the first time, uh, we are now dubbing ourselves the okayest generation. Yeah. So that is our podcast name now. That is what we are. Um, we even... And, and I'm going to repeat it because we had a great joke about the, uh, the A-team. Because you, yeah. you had made a comment about how the Enterprise crew is like the A team, and like we, they go into a battle, and it's like things do not work out well. And it's like, well, the Enterprise is like, but we're we're the A team. Like this is your this is your like top tier elite right. guys, and yeah, yeah. And we right. even had it. We right. had, we even right. had a great bit where we were going to include like the A team, like you know Murdoch and and uh, B A Baracus and all that stuff, and that it's. Kind it of was, a crossover. It was. It was so good. I and I'm so looking. I want to make that now. Like I, I, I think it'd be take awesome. That, I want to take that opening narration and I want to turn that into like the away team. We we it was like the away team. You could paint their shuttle black and red. Um, you know, I you can you can yeah. change well, up that opening narration. You know, you I, think I think it's perfect in the movie. I think so too. They mm-hmm. in the movie they moved the A team forward. You know, mm-hmm. it was originally supposed to be set in the 80s the movie they mm-hmm. set it in the I, what do I, I was it mid aughts or 20 so. teens early yeah. 20 teens whatever set it in the 24th century why not mm-hmm. you know sure the yeah. a-team is timeless oh yeah 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 definitely in the 23rd century a crack commando unit was sent to the brig if you have a problem if no one else can help and if you can find them maybe you can hire the away team Dun, 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 dun. See, we can do the whole thing. Like, I, I really think this is very, very doable. So, I think I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm excited to be a part there. of this. It is there. It is there. We're there. I, I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of this. All right. Well, as you can hear, I've got Bo and I've got Pat with me, guys. How you doing? Very well, John. How are you? Oh, Good, John. Second time around is a charm. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, yes. So. We are here to talk. We spoil things, and we're going to spoil things for the episodes, uh, the two episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation, the best of both worlds. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna spoil the Borg out of them, and uh, so just be aware of that if you have not seen it already. I think we we talked earlier. I think you can find these either on the Netflix uh, or it's on CBS All Access. I know they've got all the Star Trek shows on there. So wherever you're getting your TV from, there's probably several different places. Uh, if you are one of those people that sunk your entire life's fortune on the DVD sets of The Next Generation, 
very nice DVD sets, but as I understand, they uh, depending on which version you bought, they could be a little pricey, and there's a lot of them. Um, so uh, if you have the DVDs, obviously, you can go back to those and watch them that way. But uh, if you have not yet, right. either through iTunes or wherever you like getting your podcast, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you and, and hear what you're enjoying about the show. Um, always fun to read the reviews. And uh, then visit our website, 30podcast.com. That's got all the different things, all the different ways you can kind of interact with us. We've got our 1991 movies up for voting. So if you want to help us out there and kind of help us uh, pick and choose which movies we might be doing for next year, we would love to have your input on that one. So uh, I think without too much delay, we'll just kind of jump right on into uh, talking about Star Trek The Next Generation, The Best of Both Worlds. So mm-hmm. this one came out, uh, it was season three, episode 26, and season four, episode one. Uh, 16th of June, 1990 was the first one, 22nd of September, 1990, so you had a little bit of a you know couple month break in there. Uh, rated TVPG, it was a total runtime of one hour and 30 minutes, and I, I think we all agreed that we had seen the uh, edited together version, so we saw kind of mm-hmm. like the quote-unquote movie version of this not mm-hmm. the two two separate episodes but we have all of us have seen the two separate episodes as well uh and we talked before about the very dramatic you know mr war fire kind of uh mm-hmm. cliffhanger of that other one that you kind of miss out on this version but it's okay um let's see yes it was a uh, one hour and 30 minutes and then cliff bowl was the director for this he died in 2014 he also did the six million dollar man star trek deep space nine the x-files Producer is Ira Stephen Bear, who did Deep Space Nine and the 4400 uh, and Outlander as well. Writers for this one were Michael Piller, who died in 2005, who did Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Star Trek Insurrection. Ronald D. Moore was also another writer, did Battlestar Galactica and Outlander. Cinematography was done by Marvin Rush, who did a bunch of the Star Trek TV shows, Hell on Wheels, and Turn Washington Spies. Um, And let's see, music was done by Ron Jones, who did Family Guy and DuckTales. Budget for this one, box office, flick metrics, cinema score, all those different things. Uh, really not much up there on these for, because this was a TV show, not a movie. So a lot of those different ratings and numbers are missing. So won't find those there. Uh, IMDb, I think, gives it a 9.4 out of 10. So like a 94% for that one. So uh, people definitely like this one. And I know a lot of times it's on a lot of lists as like one of the top 10 episodes of The Next Generation. Um, you know, or, or like top 10 cliffhangers in TV or Stuff like that. So, very, very mm-hmm. popular episodes. Starring Patrick Stewart, who played Captain Jean-Luc Picard and Locutus of Borg. Uh, he was in the X-Men movies Dune and American Dad. Jonathan Frakes was Commander William Riker. He was in North and South Book One and a TV series called The Doctors. LeVar Burton played Lieutenant Commander Geordi LaForge. He was in Reading Rainbow, Roots, and Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Michael Dorn played Lieutenant Worf. He was in Chips and Arrow. Gates McFadden played Dr. Beverly Crusher. She was in The Muppets Take Manhattan, The Hunt for Red October. Marina Sirtis played uh, Counselor Deanna Troy. She was in Crash and Gargoyles, uh, which I think we noticed was uh, very much a a uh, melting pot of next, genera- next generation actors in that one, in the, the cartoon. Uh, Brent Spiner played Lieutenant Commander Data. He was in Independence Day in the TV series Warehouse 13. Uh, Will Wheaton played Ensign Wesley Crusher. Shot up, Wesley. The boy. The boy. Yes. Uh, Pat, you had said that you had, you enjoyed uh, the the kind of song they came up with for it. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to like the uh, Greatest Generation podcast. My gosh, that is just a fun, fun look and celebration at the show. And man, I crack up every time. They have. I'll just you know I'll keep it family friendly. They have a 
funny bit if you can get with their sense of humor they have a funny bit about wesley crusher and his relationship with various of the you know other characters and all that and they've got that you know with it with that what's the name of that tune with the saxophone the mm-hmm. wesley that, the boy the boy is that Baker my Street? son yeah yeah yeah, fun, that's fun stuff. And I've gone back um, as as we're giving them a shout out. I've gone back and I've I've been starting to run up on um, uh, Greatest Generation episodes. Like I've run out of some of the recent ones, and then I get all caught okay. up. And I'm like, well, but I do, but I want to listen to something else. And there's no yeah. more new ones, so I I haven't gone back yet and started to go through some of the older ones. But I did find okay. uh, Greatest Discovery, so I started going through some of the Greatest Discovery ones. And listening to those too, oh. that, then that's been fun. Oh, they have a greatest discovery. Yeah, one. greatest. It, oh, it's yeah, a, they it, did both seasons mm-hmm. of Discovery, the short tracks. Yep. The first season of Picard. Um, and it's on a different. It's on a different filler stuff too. Yeah, it's on a different feed, so you actually have to subscribe to a different podcast to be able to get those. Ah, so okay. So yeah, whenever I run out of whenever I run out of Greatest Generation, I'll go over and I'll I'll switch over to the Greatest Discovery. I, I and see and I'm working my I'm I'm working my way through the seasons of Next Generation. So okay. I don't know. Do I jump ahead? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, sounds like a personal too, preference. Uh, yeah, I know. It's just uh, yeah. too many great things to listen for. Mm-hmm. Ah man. Uh, so, more time in the day. Well, that's true. That's right. We could just not work Less anymore. Time at work. I know. If we could just stop <laughs> work, stop working, and listen to podcasts, then exactly. Be totally fine. I know. I'd like. I'm. A, that's my ideal holodeck program. Yeah. That's that's not true. I, I'm sure I could come up with something better. Well, if you listen to The Greatest Generation, they talk a lot, a lot about <laughs> various either, cast members' holodeck programs, either, and we'll leave it like that. Either Quark's options or uh, or Riker's options. Oh, my gosh. I, I, did, I did go back, and I did listen to... Fascinating. Uh, I, yeah. I was just curious, uh, kind of what they had said about um, about these episodes. So I did go back and I did listen to their episodes for Best of Both Worlds. Oh yes, <laughs> and that was their take on it. They were like, you know, they probably just wanted to get Riker on a different ship so that they could like scrub the holodeck. <laughs> <laughs> just put him on another ship and like send him really for like the other end of the galaxy, oh, just so he's not man. anywhere near any of us corrupting anybody else's holodeck. That's funny. Uh, but, they're they're funny guys, man. But between that and the Twitter account for uh, Riker's Google searches, yeah, yes, <laughs> Riker Googling is yep. pretty good stuff. Have you guys uh, Riker Googling? I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yes, you do. You, you'll get lost. And, uh, you'll get lost for a while. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, the uh, then there's also the uh, Wharf Yelp reviews. Yes. And, oh, I haven't yeah. seen those. That that came out like in some of the things just because, you know, he's he's at the one where they go to the planet and it's got the square, the house, the guy's house and property mm-hmm. is OK, but everything else is like obliterated. And uh, they go in and try and figure out what the guy is and Worf's sitting there drinking tea and he looks over and he's like, good tea. Nice house. <laughs> and he like one other. And so there's all these Yelp reviews where, the, you know, it's just like good food bad parking you know and then like they go to another restaurant and it's just like breakfast good lunch is poor more gah or you know there's some it's 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 you know one of those does, things it's does stuff. not serve prune juice <laughs> yeah things like yeah. that <laughs> excellent 
Um, so any, anyway, Will Wheaton is uh, in Stand By Me in The Secret of Nim. Elizabeth Dennehy was Lieutenant Commander Shelby. She was in Red Dragon and Charmed. Whoopi Goldberg played Guinan. She was in Ghost and Sister Act. George Murdoch, uh, who died in 2012, played Admiral J.P. Creepy Hansen. Uh, he was in Star Trek V, yeah. The Final Frontier, and The X-Files. And Cole Meany played Chief Miles O'Brien. He was in Con Air and Hell on Wheels. In this two-part episode, the Enterprise must battle the Borg, who are intent on conquering Earth with a captured and assimilated Captain Picard as their emissary. At 2200 hours and 12 minutes, the Lala reported contact with an alien vessel described as cube-shaped. We're coming with every available starship to assist, Captain. But the closest help is six days away. Card, Luke Picard, captain of the starship Enterprise. You will lower your shields and prepare to transport yourself aboard our vessel. Star Trek The Next Generation, the best of both worlds, on dazzling high-definition Blu-ray. If you do not withdraw immediately... You will surrender yourself or we will destroy your ship. What the hell do they want with you? One of television's most powerful cliffhangers is now available as a feature-length double episode. The captain has been altered by the Borg. Altered? is a Borg. Ranked by TV Guide as one of television's top 100 episodes of all time. I am Locutus, a Borg. And nominated for five Emmy Awards, including Outstanding Achievement in Special Visual Effects. We're no longer just fighting the Borg. We're fighting the life experience they've stolen from Captain Picard. Now, how the hell do we defeat an enemy that knows us better than we know ourselves? We will proceed to Earth. And if you attempt to intervene, we will destroy you. Then take your best shot, Locutus, because we are about to intervene. This exhilarating release is loaded with special features, including an all-new group commentary track and a gag reel recently discovered from the original camera negatives. The better. Yep. <laughs> plus a behind-the-scenes making-of documentary. That was just a really well-written two-part episode. It had everything in it. With Best of Both Worlds, the stakes were so high, and the idea that Patrick had been taken by the Borg, and then I say fire at the end of an episode, was huge. Mr. Worf, fire. Star Trek The Next Generation, the best of both worlds. Coming to high-definition Blu-ray April 30th. Resistance is futile. All right. Well, because you never want to shout fire in a crowded starship. Um, mm -hmm. All right. So for this one, um, I, we'll stick with it. One word or phrase. When you think of, when you saw on the list that we were going to be talking about Star Trek, Next Generation, Best of Both Worlds, what's the one word or short phrase that kind of came to your mind? Fire. Well played. Uh, cool. Cool. That, that was kind of mine too. <laughs> it was yeah. it was real simple. It was, ooh, I get to watch this one again. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. This is one of the ones when I go back because I, I did at one point start to go back through and, and rewatch. This is years ago now. Uh, rewatch Next Generation from the first episode on. Um, right. I, I Pat, I think that was back when you were doing a rewatch of Deep Space Nine. Right. 
right? It was like a couple years ago, and I think you were working through Deep Space Nine, and it was like, yeah, I, I want to do that too, but I, I started on Next Generation, and I got to finish that first. Um, and so, yeah, I think, though, especially with some of those early seasons, it kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, now I'm just doing this out of principle because it's it's kind right. of it's kind of a chore. Um, some to clunkers, do. yeah, yeah some clunkers. Um, yeah, filler is kind of a nice term for some of those uh, some of the early ones, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's let's just get through that. But then when uh, when I do want to go back and just watch something for fun, like a lot of times this will be one of the ones I'm like, I'm just gonna watch Best of Both Worlds. Yeah. Like I'm going to jump back to like I'm going to jump to some of the Q episodes. I'm going to jump to Best of Both Worlds. I'm going to jump to um you know like uh All Good Thing. Like I really love that one. Um you know, I'm going to jump to the one where they get stuck in the time paradox and what was it? It wasn't uh, Kelsey Grammer, the captain of the other yep. ship yep. and yeah. Yep. So, yep, the Bozeman. So, I'm I'm going to jump to a lot of my favorites now when I go back and rewatch stuff and this is definitely one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. So, that's why it was fun to to get to revisit this one. And I know we did a few years ago. I think it was uh, was it, it was probably three years ago. Now we did an episode just on Star Trek: The Next Generation um, because mm-hmm. it was the 30th anniversary of the show starting, and uh, we I'm, we talked about this one uh, back then too. But now we got an opportunity to just kind of cover this one itself. So yeah. So uh, do you guys remember the first time watching this? Did you watch it kind of around the time oh, it came out, yeah. or did you come to it later? Oh, no, we watched it right then and there and had to wait the three, four months till it came back. And that was that was hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. I'm trying to think back. I'm trying to think back to it. Sorry. Got a it got a tickle in my throat. <laughs> got a I had to think back to it. And it's funny because I didn't watch this show when it came out uh, like the first year. You know what I'm saying? I remember kind of coming into it. Like I was aware of it. I remember the TV guide where they show the new one and, and I had seen some of the movies and, and the uh, original series. And then I came into this and I started watching right around this season. And it's because, and it's funny because until I did the rewatch a couple of years ago where I sat down and just put it all in order, I had no context of the, uh, the, the flow, the, the scope and sequence, if you will, of the, uh, of the episodes. So honestly, the, like the first one, two, up until this one, two and third season kind of all jumbled together for me because there was like syndication and repeats. Like I'd watch one and it was like, Oh, Riker has the beard. He doesn't have a beard. These are new uniforms. These are old uniforms. You know, I, I remember as a kid kind of picking up, okay, the effects are a little different. Okay, the doctor's different. You know, like just different characters and all that kind of stuff. But it was like right in this season when I started following it. And yeah, I uh, same thing. I, I kind of remember it was like, they're going to do what? Oh my gosh. Like that's kind of what I just remembered being, yeah, kind of like, kind of like Bo said, just kind of like at the, the end of my seat trying to figure out what's, what's going to happen next. Yeah, I don't remember I don't remember if I would have watched it when it originally aired because I really didn't, you know, I, I would watch the occasional next generation episode from time to time, but it was not one like my dad wasn't a fan of it. Um, you know, not mm-hmm. not that he didn't like it, he just it wasn't one that he watched. Um 
we'd watch all the Star Trek movies. Like, we love the Star Trek movies, but, you know, really wasn't into the TV show all that much. So it would be one where, you know, if it came on, I'd probably stop and watch it a little bit. Um, but it wasn't really until, let's see, we moved to England in 91. And mm-hmm. when I started in school there, I had, there was a friend in school, one of the first people I made friends with, he was a huge um, original series Star Trek fan. And so, you know, he, he'd talk all about the episodes and he had like models of the ships and all kinds of other stuff. And, um, you know, and, and uh, he had them all on like VHS. He had recorded from whatever TV channel was playing them, replaying them over in England. He had them all on VHS. And um, so then from there, that kind of got me into Star Trek because I'd always been a Star Wars fan as a kid, but we watched Star Trek movies. And then I think it was when we were living in England, and that was kind of when I started to get hooked on Star Trek, and I'd watch the original series, um, but then I, I started to get into Next Generation, and I think Next Generation was a little bit delayed getting over to England, so I think they were probably like a year or so behind what was happening in the States when that was airing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was around about the same time, so that was not too far off. I remember one of the winters that we came back to the States for Christmas and at that point, I was a pretty big Star Trek fan. Um, and my my uncle, who used to show me all the movies way before I was old enough to see all the movies, uh, he knew that I was a big Star Trek fan. And so we didn't have it in England yet, but he had started recording this new Star Trek show for me called Deep Space Nine. And so before we went back to England, he gave me two VHS tapes that had like the first, I want to say 10 episodes of Deep Space Nine on it. Um, so for a really long time, like that was the only other Star Trek I had was, you know, I didn't get to see the rest of Deep Space Nine. I had the first 10 episodes and just replayed those over and over and over again. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't think I would have seen this when it originally came out. I would have probably seen it as a rerun somewhere. So, okay. No less effective, but I didn't see it. I don't think when it originally aired. Right. This was this was not uh, next generation was not appointment television in our house growing up. But eventually, it. it came it it came to be through VHS and reruns on TV. Because then when we when we'd come back and especially we moved back, um, I remember I don't remember what channel it was, but there was one channel that like late at night in the summer times would play like three episodes back to back. Um, and I remember being at my grandparents' house in Missouri, and sometimes I'd just stay up at night and I'd watch like the three hours of star trek the next generation they play and they would never be in order um so it was the no. same yeah man they yeah. butchered that stuff back yeah. then they would just bleh. yeah i yeah. once had a theory on this that each time slot went in order but the time slots no. were not connected mm-hmm. in a row Okay. So okay. the nine o'clock slot went in order, and the ten o'clock slot went in order, and the eleven o'clock slot went in order. Gotcha. And it proved to be right to a point. There was some fudge factor in there, but yeah, yeah it used to drive me batty. I'm like, what? what why? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Well, and that's the thing, you know, like what you're talking about there. That's kind of how I'd pick them up. So I'd kind of watch them in 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 clumps. You know, I'd watch mm-hmm. some, and and that's where I'm I'm remembering this, and I. I don't remember the, oh my, like being torn up all summer, like trying to figure this, like I don't, and I kind of wish I did, but I don't have that memory. I do remember the reveal of, oh my gosh, you know, Picard is not part of the Borg. He's uh, a Borg. Yeah. Yeah. But, which is another great bit on the, uh, 
the uh, greatest generation. Well, That's- there's so many bits you could get out of the Borg. It's crazy. You've got that one. And then honestly, the way Worf delivers the line in this episode. Yeah. He is a Borg. Yeah. It's just it's it's comical I mean, especially yes. when you take it out of context but he, sure. he sounds like, so well he sounds like he's about to start yes. crying i know right, <laughs> right. Are, you, are you are you crying Worf? Are, are you crying <laughs> i'm are not you, crying you're crying there's, there's no crying in starfleet <laughs> but an answer oh, oh i beg to differ well, yeah. oh there's 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 crying everyone <laughs> that has to follow any of the admirals right <laughs> Yeah. The Admiral cleanup crew has to. Yeah, that's that ain't pretty. Anyways, but no, I get just, that, and that's why it's it's just an old man. Fir- it's just an old man's fantasies, Pat. Oh well, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but that's to Bo's point. That's what I remember about the first three seasons. They all kind of like, you know, I, I would be watching a season three episode, then an episode, then a season one, then a season two, and it would just it would just bounce all around. But this is the first thing that I remember being like. Ooh, this is hmm, how 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 are they going to deal with this? This isn't right, you know. Yeah. Well, and it was especially back then. It was pretty rare to have a two-parter of a TV show, right? And I think I read right. somewhere that this was the first two-parter since the '60s for Star Trek. For huh. Star Trek, yes. Okay, yeah. it was the first think, two-parter since the Menagerie. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it was, it was a pretty big deal. Yeah. Now the one thing yeah I kept, the first oh, yeah. two seasons of Next Generation the the season ending episodes were not even that great they ended season two on a horrific clip show episode that is mm-hmm. in the top ten worst Next Generation episodes pretty consistently really? yeah well and it was then they have the writers strike so they just did clips or. Yeah, that's I, I'm pretty sure that's why it's a clip show. It was yeah. just so bad. Yeah, you know, it's funny because this one is really, it's pretty amazing when you see how far it came, even in this, and and as we've alluded to and just outright said, I'm, I'm kind of watching through, I'm listening through all the greatest generation up until this point. And it's interesting because, yeah, when you when you start, I mean, you know, you've got your handful of episodes in the first couple seasons that are just like, yeah, don't watch these. And then you've got your, you know, your, your episodes that are like, okay, it's, it's not quite firing on all cylinders, but there's some good stuff or it's just kind of your run of the mill. This is what we're doing. But then as you go, like there's the second season and then especially in the third, all of a sudden you'll get some flashes of like, Oh wow. That's a really compelling story or, Oh wow. That's like a really awesome performance or, Oh, you know, and, and, and now by the third season, it's like they'll have one, maybe two really, and then all of a sudden they'll do stuff that's like, why are you doing this? But then by the time, my gosh, when you get to this thing, all of a sudden this is just like, wow, you know, great story, you know, the effects and the, 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 the uh, what am I trying to say? The, would it be cinematography or how the, you know, the sets that they build plus the stories that all, I mean, there's, there's some really good stuff going on and the the show is starting to find its footing. You know what I'm saying? What I had read in a couple of different places. And when I went back to listen to the greatest generation episodes on this one um, was, and I, and I wish we could have seen it was originally they were thinking of doing this as a three part episode and that you would have seen much more of the battle of wolf three, five, nine. Mm-hmm. We would have seen a lot more of that. There would have been a lot more Borg stuff, but right. 
was just too early. They didn't have the budget for a lot of mm-hmm. what they wanted to do. Right. Right. Well, and, and so that I think then kind of made it fun for me who, who just had just kind of gotten into like the swing of the next generation. Then <clears throat> that was one of those times where it was one of the first times where I remember um, when I got those VHS tapes of the first 10 episodes of deep space nine, seeing the pilot episode of deep space nine and it, I think, doesn't it start with the Battle of Wolf 359? And that's where you see, mm-hmm. like, Cisco was on the ship that he was on. And he goes, so, like, that little bit of a crossover, I was like, I know where that, I know where that's from. Like, I know, yeah. I know exactly what's going on here. This is really cool. And I, like, that was one of the first times I remember, at least in like a TV show, getting that sense of, wait a minute, like, like, that's, that ties into a moment in that I know this thing. This is cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was kind of a, you know, even though we didn't get to see it there, it was kind of nice to get it a little bit later on. And I think didn't part of it show up too in a uh, Voyager. Didn't they do another part of like the, it gets mentioned a few times. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it, I it mean, was, it was still, it was I still think... creepy enough to like see that graveyard of, of starships when they get there. And you know, you didn't, you didn't need to see the battle. You just see all the derelict ships and everything, right. You know, completely ruined. Right. I mean, you know, like anything, anytime you can get more special effects that are done well and battle scenes and, you know, the more of that, the better. But I think it works. And for the storytelling, considering, you know, that the Enterprise was way the heck away and couldn't get there in time and everything, you know, it I think it I think it's effective. But, you know, maybe maybe the the creepy Admiral guy should have had kind of like, you know, uh, a, a little better battle plan. Um, oh, J- and th- oh, JP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Better keep I, her, better keep your eye on her, Picard. Yeah. Yes. Excuse yeah. me. Excuse me. <laughs> what does God need with a blonde lieutenant commander? <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. That that kind of that kind of uh, shall we say dated writing? Mm-hmm. Shall we just say downright creepy writing? I don't know what, but that. You yes, know, all of the above. <laughs> like that. Uh, apparently, I, I don't know. I just kind of get like that dialogue didn't even need to be in there. Well, apparently, Me Too is still going strong in the 23rd century. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But again, like it's like that dialogue didn't need to be in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't really add anything to the you know the B plot and the C plot and everything right. like that. So, um, and, and I mean, even the whole thing, like, and that's what I was alluding to before with the whole, where the whole A team thing came in was like, okay, well, we know because the Enterprise is the center of the show. They've got all the best minds and they're the, going to be the ones to solve the problem. But that doesn't mean the sh- other ships are all packed with dummies. You know, like Riker called into the Admiral and said, well, this is how it happened. And just so you know, Picard is one, you know, and he's just like, then he jumps into that story about, well, I saw him win the marathon as a freshman. So there's no chance in heck that, you know, he's going to help out the other side. And it's like, he's not really helping out the other side. He's kind of being tortured and abused. And I mean, you know, there's all these bad things going on. And the bottom line is they've got all the information that he had. So yeah, he's not willingly, you know, helping them, but it's still helping out their cause. So maybe not lining up all the ships and just going at it is, is the best play. And they have smart people on their ships that could have figured out ways to slow the board down, distract them, 
Let's lure them into the set of Star Trek two and you know, all these other sorts of things. But anyways. But see, Pat, you're you're missing the backstory is there was a ship at the Battle of Wolf three five nine that was just packed full of dummies. Uh, it yeah. was it was the USS Minnow, and it was captained yeah. by the guy who lost the marathon. Right. Yeah, that's and it. And that's, that's and that, it. actually they could have won Wolf three five nine. It was actually his. You know, he was kind of like the Jar Jar Binks of Starfleet, and it was his clumsiness that caused them to lose the whole thing. It actually wasn't the Borg. The Borg didn't even. The Borg got there, and everybody was already destroyed. Yeah, they went slowly mm-hmm. through and were kind of bouncing off the ships. Right. They're just like, well, yeah. It's. I don't know what happened here, but. Our work is done. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks. Nothing to you. see here. Yes. All right. Move along. Yeah. Well, anyways, like I said, it's he's he's he doesn't seem to be the most effective admiral. Well, and as, as admirals just, go in Star Trek, yes. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and he's a little. Uh, like I said, it's just you know, in, in, interesting to hear his comments about you know female subordinates and you know <laughs> all that kind of stuff yeah which as much as that's creepy how I, it was nice to see them write it to where she and Riker were not in a romantic slash you know a romantic component to mm-hmm. their relationship there was their theirs was like acrimonious and about two people kind of vying for the you know oh yeah oh, they, to, didn't, they didn't like each other at all <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly which which was Nice. And I mean, you know, there's some other certain movie franchises that I won't mention that are possibly sci-fi or possibly not. I don't want any spoilers. And then before you know it, like, you know, there's a male and a female. And for some reason, they didn't have any sort of relationship like that. But they put stuff in at the end of the movie that and they didn't even go. They yeah. And they didn't (laughs) and they didn't even approach that with this so it was kind of refreshing just to see her character as okay well she's a willful you know female and 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 not willful that's the wrong word but she's a powerful good at what she does ambitious and all that and it's just like you know they don't weaken her character by you know following along on that creepy dialogue that they had written in earlier or making her have a love interest or even need a love interest or you know, it it could just kind of be about her. Know, her first love is the, the Borg. About. Her first love is the Borg. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. So She's, she she loves her job. She loves the Borg. Right. It's very Swedish. Right. Very Swedish. Um, did uh, Bo? So you you saw this kind of for the first time when it was on TV. Was there ever actually any fear? That as you were watching this, and and obviously you would have been a kid at the time, but was there ever actually any fear that she was actually going to steal Riker's job? Like when you were watching it, is that something that you were like, oh wow, she's gonna, like he's gonna leave and she's gonna take over? Well, it was interesting because back then, you know, this was the first Star Trek spinoff. There were so you were like, hmm, Star Trek Riker? Like, is that a thing? Would they do another show? Is he strong enough to carry that? Um, come to find out years later there was there was uncertainty if Patrick Stewart was coming back um, they hadn't signed his contract for season 4 yet um, so I think there was general 
there was definitely not a sense of solidity in the cast. I guess would be the best way to say it. So you'd say, Your life as it has been is over. Basically. <laughs> yeah. I remember thinking they were just going to bring her on as another character. Mm-hmm. Um, they had killed um, Tasha Yar. Needed, needed, needed Tasha 2.0. Right. Mm-hmm. They killed Tasha in season one. And so they were from the original cast. They were short a female. I thought maybe. But yeah, nothing ever really came from that. Yeah. Would you, I, I guess, let's say things had progressed this way. Um, if Patrick Stewart was done with the show, like let's say, let's say they went a different direction and killed him off. Would you have wanted to see Riker become the captain of the Enterprise? This, oh, this, yeah. This, yeah. This question is for both of you. So, Yeah. I mean, you can kind of – well, and that's kind of one of the cool subplots in this is him like, okay, why is he not moving off the show? Why are they not, you know – and it's just like, you know, my work here is not done. For him to then turn that down if he was kind of stepping in where – um that just, I don't know. I just don't, I can't conceive of a storyline where that would make sense. You know, where he were to, you know, okay, well, the ship is yours now. No, I don't want that. It's kind of like, uh, that doesn't make much sense, you know? Right. Now, the reality of it is, chances are, even if Picard is dead, he doesn't get the Enterprise. Yeah. I mean, in a, in a if you are to take the Enterprise as the flagship of the fleet, Mm-hmm. You don't give a green captain the flagship of the fleet. True. True. So there's that's, always that added component, but it is still television. So, you know. Right. 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 And, you know, even that is, and that's kind of the thing that it gets passed over. Well, why isn't he doing this? Why did, well, he gets a pretty frequent chance to be in charge. You know what I'm saying? On the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, and this is a kind of a theme that comes up on the, uh, the uh, the the other podcast, the the Great Generation podcast, they say, you know, they're supposed to be out exploring strange new worlds and all that, but they always seem to be like, how do they describe it? Giving people ride, you know, Ubering, doing giving people rides or doing routine, you know, just kind of the routine things. It doesn't seem like they're out in deep space and you know, really, for all of them. I mean, for a lot of them, they are. Anyways, my point is, he stepped up and kind of proved his his gravitas, so to speak, you know, on many occasions like this one included. So I don't know. That was kind of one thing like, well, guys, he's, he's kind of like every time you've, you know, this has come up, he's done a good job. And like, if it is the flagship, you kind of want the number two to be kind of strong too. Cause what happens if you get what I'm saying? You know, it's so I, I mm-hmm. not, not to say it's either here or there, but I thought that was an interesting it's, it's, it's an interesting take on on career advancement, you know. Right, uh, is being the second in command of the best ship better than a command of your own? Right. I think for some people, maybe. If you want right. to stay, if you want to stay alive, sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, and you know, it's funny and I, and I, I really, I want to be careful comparing this too much to stuff that, you know, you, you know, you, you read about with like, 
the military and all that because well number one jumping into the world this isn't supposed to be a military organization necessarily and number two is whenever you jump into the fictional world um you got to be careful with the real you know i just want to be careful of going that too much but that being said i it was funny i was watching a a documentary about an aircraft carrier during the gulf war and called carrier and it was like a 10-part miniseries and there was one of the pilots that was like you know i'm done now i'm retiring and it's like well you know because it's kind of like either promoted up or you know you're out and he says i don't want to fly a desk i don't want to be in command of an air you know like a like a, a naval base or at a and his thing was just like, I like flying planes and I've gone as far as I can with flying planes. They promote me and now all of a sudden I'm going to move into something I don't want to do. And it's kind of like, you know, you see that in this episode. Will Riker kind of likes being the guy that goes out and leads teams on the field and does this and does that and does the other thing. He gets promoted. Suddenly he's not going to be able to do that anymore. You know, so I mean... It, it it does provide some basis for some interesting discussions about career advancement. And we don't even have to take it within a context of that. It can be any kind of a career, you know, like I'm a band director. Now I could keep working and like studying and getting degrees and all that and be like, you know, uh, a department, not me personally, there's no anyone that would want to do that. But I'm saying a band director could become like a department chair or they could keep going and become a building administrator or they could keep going and teach at like a university level. And then it's kind of like, I kind of like what I do. Like, I don't want to be promoted away from being able to actually direct a band with kids. Do you get what I'm saying? But is someone going to, like, you got to move up or the point, you know, I, I don't know. There's just different ways to look at that. And I, I thought that was a pretty interesting kind of uh subplot to this whole uh to this whole episode well the interesting thing about Riker is that he was always kind of the and that was what was interesting about making him the first officer is he was always kind of the Kirk of the show you know and and I think even before even before necessarily watching a lot of the next generation I would read some of the next generation books like the novelizations Mm -hmm. of some of the different I they would do I think they did a novelization of um encounter at far point and then after that a bunch of the novels were kind of their own stories they weren't tied to a an episode per se um but i i vaguely remember i don't know if it was the far point one or if it was one of the different novels uh the next generation novels but they made a point of saying that and i remember this so i i don't think i pulled it out of anywhere else or just made it up they made a point of saying in one of the novels that People don't really have middle names in the 23rd and 24th century. So the fact that he's William T. Riker is kind of Mm -hmm. a throwback to James Tiberius Kirk. Mm -hmm. And that that was kind of a, you know, people don't use middle names anymore. But the fact that he had a middle name was because his parents, you know, wanted him to be, you know, a a great historical figure someday. So they kind of almost modeled that after, after James T. Kirk. Um, and that kind of always stuck with me. Like, so whenever I thought of his character, I always connected his character to being very much like Kirk and that, you know, at, at, at some point this would ultimately be the guy who takes over and he'd ultimately be the guy who becomes the captain someday. Um, and so I, that was kind of always in the back of my mind. 
So it was interesting when we get to, you know, fast forward to, um, and this a little bit of spoilers for Picard, if people haven't seen that yet, fast forward a little bit. And it's like, well, he didn't really end up as, you know, he, he kind of got jaded and he kind of <laughs> stepped away from things. And, you know, partly because of his, because of their family situation and the health issue with his son and, and all that. But, um, you know, he, he didn't end up becoming necessarily the legendary, you know, Captain Riker that you probably thought he was going to become. You know, there, there's not that much mm-hmm. of the, the, you didn't get to see that much of the history. Um, now, that's not to say that he wasn't an intimidating captain when he did come back in those episodes mm-hmm. of Picard, uh, you know, and, and man the ship for a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, so that was always something that I kind of always thought eventually at some point, he'd get his chance and he'd kind of step up and, but you're right. Right. I mean, do you, do you, when you're in that kind of a situation, do you stay put when you are in a really good situation as the second in command of the greatest ship in the fleet? Or do you go, you know, are you the number one in command of a lesser ship? Right. So. Right. And again, I mean, that's specific to the story, but then, you know, you can expand that. And I mean, let's be honest, if we're looking at like a a military comparison, I mean, usually it, you know, the idea that one crew is going to hang together for seven years, it'd be like unheard of. I mean, it would be like, okay, you've completed this tour. Now this person's getting assigned here. This person's getting assigned here. This, you know, it's, I mean, that's just kind of the way that those things work. But that being said, I mean, get out of, of just that direct comparison to something, uh, you know, from like Star Trek to military and get into just your career path. And it's like, are you happy doing the job you're doing or not? Do you want to move or do you not? You know, and I think that now as I take a look, I mean, as a kid, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And there's one part of me that, yeah, that's that's what it means. But when you look at it as an adult in the career, it's kind of like, okay, am I ready to move on? No, I'm comfortable. Is it okay to be comfortable? Is it, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's kind of like, you know, plans change and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not in the race. I, I thought I was going to be running and is that okay? Or, you know, it's uh it's, it's a very interesting dynamic. I think that they introduced and one that doesn't just, confine itself to this episode i think it's something that you can kind of they revisit and can kind of pull back as as the various uh series progress okay so very very serious question i have for each of you was it absolutely necessary for jordy laforge to do a barrel roll uh as he was rolling through the door in engineering in this episode, no. no. No, it was okay. not. All right. He did that on purpose. Okay. He just wanted he just wanted to do that with some flair. Well, I maintain that they were that they were uh they were stretching Lavar out a little bit because they knew they were gonna make him do it in the movie mm-hmm. when he would really need to do the barrel roll. Okay. So they had to, you right. know they had to test it out a few times. Okay. And, yeah. You know, that's a tough effect shot, you know, well, rolling under that drop on doors. So that, they had that's to true. Uh, try it out a few times for real. Well, I feel like I mean, you're, <laughs> you're, you're upping the stakes here because you never had Scotty roll around on the floor. Yeah. No, no. no you did not. No. 
No, you you yeah. had Scotty slam into the top of a bulkhead with his head, but you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know this ship like the back, back of my, of my head. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you know, it's it's funny in in talking about these originally seeing it, you know, it's kind of the the whole Star Wars debate. Okay, which order do you show the you know the movies in? The originally this works so well as like a cliffhanger and it builds up and, and you know to that final like oh my gosh he's gonna fire on the guy that was like his mentor and best friend and everything like you know that whole thing and it's this huge cliffhanger and then it's kind of cool seeing it put together as a movie as well right but then they say well it loses the cliffhanger effect and I, I mean, I kind of get that. And I was listening, you know, to, like I said, The Greatest Generation, and they were kind of taking a dim view of that whole, you know, splicing it together. But then I think after you've seen it, what's the difference between just watching it clip from, you know, like having it spliced together or hitting next episode, skip uh, intro, skip uh, theme music? I mean, okay, do you get right? what I'm saying? I mean, it's the Netflixification of everything. It's the right. binge watching that has sort of changed that. You know, yeah. we don't we don't consume television the same way anymore, and I think it shows. Right. And and the thing is, they come back after the big cliffhanger, and it's a big letdown. I mean, it's akin to okay, Star Wars spoilers for the new trilogy. There's a new trilogy. Okay, so, Dude. so uh, uh, you know, Luke gets his I lightsaber like, hey, back hey, from you know Ray, what? I, I, and the I, first thing he I does, gotta, I gotta jump in real quick. I, I like, I like both of movie, both of the movies that are in the new trilogy. There you go. There okay, go. there, there you go. We'll, uh, we'll interrogate that, uh, <laughs> that comment. But you know, it's, it's and spoilers for the two episodes in the new trilogy. Um, Luke just chucks the lightsaber over his shoulder. I mean, that was kind of it. And it was almost like a humorous playoff. And that's kind of like this. It was like, okay, so now, all right, sidebar though. Okay. You're Luke Skywalker. You, are you ever actually throwing something away? Right. Like you're just going to go. Yeah. Okay. Come on. I'm ready for you. Like, that's the thing. Like, yeah. I can get it out of the water. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Right. No, I no, I get it. That was that was his, that was his so, that was his Yoda moment. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, and I get it. And I get they played for different things, but it was that kind of thing. You have the big cliffhanger and then it's like uh eh, okay. The, the big the big deflector shot, it didn't work. And so now if they splice those movies together. I, I think, but, and then again, I'm, I'm going way deep dive on it. But then what was cool about that is that introduced the idea that, oh my gosh, they've totally gotten inside of this guy's head, poked around in there and they know everything he knows. So that was kind of like the next, like, what are we going to do? And I, and I think that I, I, without saying reshoot the show, you know, I think that, you know, if you knew you were going to rescore or you were going to redo the movie, I think you could do some stuff with like some music to help kind of pump up that scene. Like, cause I was almost thinking like it works for the whole thing, but reshoot the music to where you remember when they come back and you hear the thing like power up, there's no music going on at that point. It's just like dead quiet and all it's like, here we go fire. 
and then wait three and a half months and what do you get okay here's the recap fire and it's like silence and now the thing's shooting the gun like i think i think like star trek 2 wrath of khan remember when they dropped the shields and like khan's looking around like where's you know what do i do like how do i the music was the building override? for that where's the override <laughs> right the music was building to that whole mm -hmm. point to where at the end it's like in your face and i think they could have work the music a little bit more to build up, build up, build up. He says fire and then just have the music just pounding away at you. And then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, the, you know, the ray gun isn't working. And then, and then really show that I know everything that you, you know, just to bring that out a little bit more, that that's really where the drama was is, oh my gosh, this guy knows all our secrets. How are we going to beat him? I, I don't know. Just kind of took it on a tangent with the whole, uh, I, I was worried you were going to say like the whole Force Awakens cliffhanger into Last Jedi where he just, you know, you get there and he tosses the thing back. I was worried you were going to say what they should have done was they end the cliffhanger with Mr. Worf, fire. And then they come yeah. back three months later and they're like, and now the second part of Best of Both Worlds. And it's like, Mr. Worf, fire, up the reverse engines, get us out of here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I would be like a gag. Yes, sir. Yeah, no He's yeah. a Borg, sir. <laughs> he is a Borg. He is a Borg. <laughs> oh, man. He's a Borg. <laughs> oh, no, the Borg. Uh, he's <laughs> he's oh, turned Swedish, sir. <laughs> uh, I can't. I always think of the Swedish chef with that. Borg, Borg, Borg. <laughs> yep. Yep. I know. Shops at Ikea now. <laughs> yes. That's why everything's cube-shaped. Right. <laughs> right. It's very easy to put together. That's why they're able to fix the Borg cube so quickly, because it's Ikea. Allen wrenches. <laughs> That's what all those attachments all, mm -hmm. on those Borg arms are. They are yep. all they're Allen all wrenches. Little Allen wrenches. That, but it still takes them 15 hours to put together a bookshelf, but they can fix their <laughs> Borg cube in, like, you know, no time at all. Right. Sure. You know. Right. It's the materials aren't the best, but you know, it's it's real dense. So Yeah. It's okay. That's the next time I walk through IKEA, I think I'm just gonna walk around. <laughs> Resistance is futile. <laughs> Must buy new chair. He is a Borg. <laughs> I am the cutest of Borg. You will give me furniture. Yes. <laughs> We'll, we'll be you are here to, in the news there, John. There we go. I'm going to walk up to the employees. I am the cutest of Borg. I require furniture. You are here to service me. Show me to the meatballs. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and they're just going to say, dude, as long as you put a mask on, you can be whoever it's the heck you want. Good. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. I'm put, a little, put a little glove on with a little mechanical Allen wrench just going back and forth. <laughs> yeah. They won't let you in there with one of those. They'll be afraid you'll take stuff apart. Well, that's true, too. Oh, yeah. It took yeah. them a while to build I, all that display furniture. Right, right. I'm just practicing my Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> because that would be the ultimate joke, right? Yeah. If you were corporate Ikea, don't you ship all the stuff to the stores in a flat pack and they have to put it together? Like, isn't, oh. that, the, mm -hmm. I mean, isn't that the way it should be? We will assimilate your furniture into our collective consciousness. Oh my gosh! Uh, so anyway, the Big Lebowski. <clears throat> right, no. Big Lebowski. I'm just saying, guys. I'm just saying, you gotta watch Legends of Tomorrow. 
Ikea maybe plays a role in one of the episodes. Okay. That's all I'm oh, okay. Oh, right. it's, it's, it's good. Oh, okay. So I got to watch it for uh, Biggest Biffus and Ikea? Uh, th- th- I- I'm just going to keep going on the record of saying there are so many reasons to watch that show. Okay. All right. I, it's, it's on my list. I'll, I'll get it caught up at some point. Yeah, I mean, and it can be within the next, I don't know, 20 years. Just oh, sure. call me when you do, so, you know. Okay. I'm just, right. I'm just saying, the, the the more time we all have at home, the more chances I'm going to get to around to watching that. That's, That's just, right. This is true. We just have to, we just have to stop having the, like nine-hour Zoom meetings, but, you know. Well, it's one problem at a time, well, sir. I know. I, why don't you watch the episodes I during just, the Zoom meetings? I just want it. Well, hey, that's you know that's definitely a possibility. I just want to go into a meeting and just wolf three five nine the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> the Zoom call does thinking, not go well. I Enterprise. was thinking the unlimited Tommy gun would be. The, oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah, bottomless basket of bullets. Um, yes. The, the video conference does not go well. Enterprise. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Here's what I don't get. Yeah. Here's what I don't get. I hope your list is shorter than Every's, mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, okay. So let me check. Okay. Sort of like you, you talked about the bottomless nachos and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You yeah. get something spicy. Okay. And you drink water. Oh, I love it when he talks food to us. Water mm-hmm. doesn't take care of the spice. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It's true. You got to have true. something that like, like, like milk or something that like that will that will deaden the spice right like sure. if you eat something that's super spicy that like blows your hair off yeah yeah and then you that's start the drinking theory, yeah you start drinking water that's okay so they're going after all these um the, all the borg with the with the guns you know the phasers where they only get like one or two shots why doesn't Worf bring over some of his like like swords and all that kind of stuff. And they actually go after these guys with, you know, some sort of a cutting weapon mm-hmm. or a bludgeoning device. I mean, heck, even um, uh, uh, Kyle Reese, you know, was somewhat effective against the Terminator with the big metal pipe. I mean, you know, I, 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 that I always wondered, like, why doesn't Worf grab the Batlath and, and all the other things he has and go after them with that? Or that being said, like in the one movie when, you know, Picard goes in and pulls out the Tommy gun and goes after them with the Tommy gun, which was pretty cool. Why don't they just get projectile weapons that like, you know, maybe they're not as effective as beam weapons, but you can still fire some sort of a projectile that will have some knockdown power. You know, I mean, I need I need the greatest generations uh, Klingon battle music playing in the background right now. Yeah, we we have a weapon. We, designs the Klingon battle. We we have a cutting weapon. We have a we have a weapon that we can use that is metal. It is called the Alan wrench. <laughs> <laughs> Cousin to the Batleth. <laughs> Perhaps it is a good day to take things apart. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, I I agree with you. You could totally go that route. I don't know if their little like personal shield things would block the uh, the cutting weapons, but yeah, I, it blocks the phasers. But it probably, I don't know. They have all the little force field stuff, so maybe their force fields can block that stuff too. But yeah. I, 
The interesting thing um, I thought about this episode, and, and I had not heard this up until I was doing a little bit of research for it uh, just over the last few days or so, um, because when you really do, when I, when I had thought about it, I was like, you know, this one, when I think of the title of this, Best of Both Worlds, I'm like, oh, I know, I automatically know what that is. Automatically know mm-hmm. what episode that is. I can picture it in my mind. But when you think about it, the episode title really makes no sense at all. Uh, yeah, I like, was going to say like, it does like not. Best of, but yeah. what, is that, what does that even mean? The best of both worlds. And so as I was doing a little bit of research on it, apparently it wasn't just uh, Patrick Stewart that they weren't sure was going to return. They also, I believe, were not sure that Brent Spiner was going to come back. And so one of the mm-hmm. original concepts for this episode was that um, both Picard and Data were going to be taken by the Borg and they were going to assimilate. So Locutus was going to be part Data, part Picard, part Borg, and that it was mm. going to be mixed together and that if they didn't resign, then what would happen is Picard and Data would be dead uh, and this Locutus mm. of Borg that could then come back on occasion as kind of like a recurring villain um, that could show up from time to time if the Borg returned, you know, in a later season or, or something else. So apparently that was one of their original plans, and then that then, the episode title makes a little bit more sense if it's the best of both worlds being part Picard, part Data, and then the Borg takes and assimilates that, and that's what becomes Locutus. Um, mm-hmm. If that's the case, episode title makes more sense when you think of it that way. But yeah, otherwise, yeah. best of both worlds, like that doesn't, it doesn't fit with anything. I Unless you wanted to say, I don't know if you wanted to say that like, you have to mix, you have to mix Riker and Shelby. Well, be careful with that. You have to mix yeah, I, the, the styles of, let's go that way. You have to mix the styles of Riker and Shelby, and maybe that's the best of both worlds, but then that doesn't mean quite as much either because, yeah, I don't know. It that's is, really it interesting. Is, you know, it, like it is you a said, weird like, title. Yeah, the it, title yeah. just doesn't match. Yeah. That happens a lot. You hear the more research you do on any of these episodes, you find that they go through so many rewrites just to get on screen mm-hmm. that I, I sometimes wonder if TV, obviously TV shows now are written a little differently, but they almost should have just stuck with episode numbers and not even bothered with names. Cause half the time it, it doesn't mean anything. Or you yeah. did at one time, and then, eh. Yeah. But no one bothered to go back and retitle it, because it was so hard the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's and, an interesting point. Yeah, it's not like, you know, Friends, they had a purpose, you know, the episode name had a purpose. Mm-hmm. With Star Trek, and there are some, there are some that are obvious, blatantly obvious. And then there are some where you're, you just... Wondering. Now, this is the Friends episode, the one with the creepy admiral. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. yes. And the second, mm-hmm. and that was part one, is the one with mm-hmm. the creepy admiral, and then part two is the one with the Alan wrench. <laughs> <laughs> the one with the with the ambitious uh, lieutenant commander, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the one where Riker gets the chair. Ah, there you go. (laughs) I could have a couple of different meanings. (laughs) Yep. Yep. 
<laughs> the uh, when when Riker's deciding who's going to be the second in command, uh, well, you guys, if you just listen to it, you know that. But the Greatest Generation point out the look on Data's face is priceless when 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 he finds out he's getting passed over, and he's the guy that's the machine that has no emotions. But, but the way they describe it on Greatest Generation is when he says, "Yeah, so I'm I'm basically picking." His reaction is, "Hmm, okay, not my." <laughs> Not the way I do it, but all right. You know, Whatever. You, know, you go. You do you. Good luck. <laughs> you two are going to kill each other. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I, You know, and it's funny. I I don't know. I go back and forth on this. I They kind of give her an edge where she's just kind of like spinning him up. Mm-hmm. Right? But then I think, okay, wait a minute now. Is it just that she like knows what she wants and she's pushing for it? And I'm kind of like, you know, I'm looking at it differently because she's a female and he's a male. Like I'm, I'm what I'm trying she's to monitor. Definitely after his job. That's yeah. But I mean, I'm, and am I being biased or am I just being biased because he's the character that, you know, has been on for the first. So I'm kind of pulling for him. I'm just, I'm really, I'm kind of torn by the whole thing. Um, and I don't know if they should have written it different. I'm glad that there wasn't any relationship tension, you know, between, I'm glad that it was just two people happen to be a guy, happen to be a girl and they're going for the same job and, you know, they don't like each other and they didn't overwrite. I don't think they overwrite the, overwrite the, I don't like you side of it. I don't know. I think it's written just fine. Maybe that's maybe I'm just making a big round robin and saying I think I like the way they wrote it. You know. Yeah, I think it was the, the tension that built between them was was good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was fine. I, I, yeah. And this episode taught us that the most insulting thing you can say to a man is that he's seasoned. <laughs> <laughs> Are but you really gonna... the question is what is he seasoned with? Well, <laughs> that's that's right. And see that that goes to the that goes to like how he becomes a great pizza chef when you get to Picard. Yeah. So it's it all comes full circle. Yeah, and yeah, I know. I mean, and it's interesting cuz you know they they write it like, you know, Riker handled some stuff exactly right. And he handled some stuff that was like, dude, you probably should just kind of chill it out. I don't, I, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah. It was good stuff. Yeah. If this is what um, you're whining about, no, you don't get to be the captain. <laughs> if what was that? If this is what you're whining about, you don't get to be the captain. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, do we have anything else to say before we jump into our three questions? I thought it did, but I couldn't remember it. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. So it must not have been that important. That's all right. We can, uh, we can jump into three questions. Make it so. There we go. Computer, status report. Oh, here's the status report right here. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point... In your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points 
and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, so now that you said that about data, because I did not get that far into the uh, Greatest Generation podcast. Sorry, so, man. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. I wasn't going to have time to finish it anyway, so I'll go back to it later. But where you're talking about how, like, what's going on through Data's mind when Riker's going down, they go, Mr. Worf, I considered you, and Mr. Data, I could. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> it's like, I picture, like, in, in the back of Data's mind, it's like, what you have just said is one of the most <laughs> insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. <laughs> Nowhere in your rambling, incoherent response. Uh, well, and, okay, so. Nothing like getting picked last for dodgeball. <laughs> the funny thing about that scene is we're talking about a show that we've we've read was supposed to be three episodes long, and yet they still took the time to do that scene. Mm-hmm. That scene is done in Star Trek often, and it's done with more efficiency most of the time. It's such a painful scene. The way you do it is, <clears throat> we're at war now. Mm-hmm. I need you all where you do best. She's not normally here, so she's going to do this other thing. Mm-hmm. Like he spent so much time on it, I had forgotten how painfully drawn out that was. Yeah, I rewatched. I was like, "Oh, dude, dude." None no. of you, yeah. none of you are expendable enough to be my first officer, <laughs> Wesley. <laughs> Wesley, come here. Pretty much, <laughs> like yeah. you know, you all have jobs to do. Continue to do them, please. Yeah, you know, I'll and, say- and there's and it happens again later in the in the season. They do later in the series they do that exact scene and they do it so much better yeah i will say this and and this is again something they mentioned on the 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 greatest generation thing about you know he refers to it watch you know as he watches the clock during the episode and it's funny um especially now as you know movies become available like on your phone or whatever and it's just like okay i gotta do this whatever i need to have something on to keep me distracted you put a movie on and you realize wow movies aren't as long when you're like you're out mowing the lawn or you're out doing something and it's, it, you realize that, wow, by the time I got done, this movie's all pretty much already, you know, but when you sit and watch the movie, it seems to take forever as you're working through it. Um, anyways, they refer to that as, you know, the, the one of the hosts of the, of the, the um, I can't forget, I can't remember who it was, but was saying he was watching his clock with this one. And in the first 15 minutes of this, of the first part of it, they pack so much into it. And I got to agree with them there. Like, I remember starting to watch this again and thinking like, wow, how much time is, holy Christmas, it's only been like, and I think for me, it was like 15 or 20 minutes or whatever. And it's like, you know, there's some shows out there right now that feel like, you know, they're like 42 minutes or 45 minutes. And it's like, man, nothing tied up. Like, what what did you do with all this time? Like, but in this show, they pack so much in, especially at the very beginning. So I get what you're saying about that scene. But in some other sections, I think they there's a whole lot of dialogue oh, yeah. or action or whatever. The what, balance you know. is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you could have sped it up even more because had Chief O'Brien bothered to scan the surface of the planet, he would have been like, yeah. uh, you know what, before I beam you guys down, uh, the colony's not there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just wanted to let you guys know. I mean, I'll, I'll beam you into what used to be the middle of town. It's going to be a giant smoking crater, so... Um, but let me scan this real quick first before I send you down. No, it's just the, uh, you know, yeah. devil, devil may care yeah. attitude of chief O'Brien is like, hey, let's, let's beam him down and see what happens. That is excited and, to have somebody to talk to in the transporter room. Right. 
and and I hate to say it, but like I you guess. know, them beaming down. Remember how they beamed down early, mm-hmm. and then Riker shows up, and it was just like she already beamed down. It was like, and no one thought to call me. Like, what? What's Data's deal? Like, why is it? You know, well, and he's like Data the was second superior officer. Data was doing as he was told. But did she say, "Don't let him know"? Maybe she. Maybe she, you know. No, but she didn't tell him to call. She just said, "We're going," and he said, "Okay." I don't know. Maybe if she's okay. Hey, if if she's yep. if she's being mentored by the creepy uh, creepy uncle admiral, maybe she's just like Data. We're gonna beam down to the planet. This will be our little secret. <laughs> <laughs> this is what JP and I do. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, anyway, question Data number one. Is fully functional. <laughs> That's, mm. Question number one. <laughs> is there number one? one? Yeah, all right. There you go, Jinx. There you go. Nice. Uh, all right. Well, apparently, um, resistance is always futile because the Borg seem to always lose. Uh, so name one thing that actually is futile. And if you say restarting school in the fall. <laughs> <laughs> is that one already taken? I don't know. Was that your answer, Bo? <laughs> It may have been one that okay. I put down, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, it's funny, but it's not ha-ha funny. <laughs> no, not at all. It's sad clown funny. Mm-hmm. They're all going to die. <laughs> oh. No. <laughs> They're all borgs. <laughs> Your life it just- as it has been. <laughs> Is over. Ah, yeah. We'll skip the court martial this time. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> ah, anyway. Okay, here's a funny joke. Actually, when when you almost lost it with that one. Um, oh, I thought there was a pretty funny joke in there. I, well, I know. You know? This, this one, um, <laughs> John was arguing with, I don't remember what we were arguing about, but it had something to do. It Somehow communism got brought into part of a discussion. <laughs> Okay. I, I don't recall how, but he was like being his usual 13 year old argumentative self. <laughs> Hi, John. Glad you're listening. Um, and so he, he was doing this that he was sitting on the couch. We were, I think we were watching a, an episode of the flash. And for some reason he was like arguing something and he said, well, well, but communism, com, communism is like when you like, you can like take all of people's property and like you give it to other people. And he keeps going on and on. I said, well, you're not exactly right. You know, you're, you're getting kind of close to it, but you're missing some things here and there. And he just, he's, he's super serious about it. And so finally he, he said something about it being funny. And I just very deadpan, like as if I was not even joking, I said, well, you know, communist jokes are only funny when everyone gets it. And he completely lost it. Like the kids started choking because he just was laughing so hard. It was like I, I, I didn't expect to get that kind of a reaction, but I thought he That's was. Awesome. Just, I thought he was just going to die, like right there on the couch, because he just. <laughs> I think he stopped awesome. breathing for a minute. I was like, it really? I don't know that it was that funny, but okay. Oh man, that's that's cool when it snaps around and becomes a point of humor yeah. and all that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. Good. Good that's time. good. Good times. Good times. Uh, so, what is futile? Social media. Oh, there okay. you go. There you go. Changing someone's viewpoint. Yeah. Yep. 
having a discussion in the modern world about anything other than a TV show, and even sometimes that can be fraught with danger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'd like to think in a perfect world, it's just like, okay, well, you know, isn't that the the old adage about debating? You don't debate to change the other person's mind, you know, and all this kind of stuff. But it's just like a, yeah, we, we need to learn to coexist. But right now, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it does, it does seem kind of futile. Yeah. Dialogue seems futile sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of monologuing going on. Not, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to word this one. Uh, um, having an opinion and not offending someone. Mm. I'm, I'm offended you said that. I expect it as much. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will fight you with my Alan wrench. <laughs> <laughs> Getting the picture of a Borg with an Allen wrench walking mm-hmm. around Ikea out of my head. Now that's going to be futile. I'm going to, I'm going to Photoshop one for you. <laughs> this is, oh, this good. is, I'm going to put this it on t-shirt. Coming. I'm going to put it on t-shirt for you. It's going to be a oh, Borg good. with a little Allen wrench on the end of his little stub hand <laughs> <laughs> with a giant Ikea sign in the background. Oh, dear. <laughs> Ikea, you will be and, assimilated. And, and with the other hand, he's pushing a cart that has like a couch and a potted plant. <laughs> Wow. And a bag of meatballs. Now, see, in, in, in true 2020 style, it shouldn't be a T-shirt. It should be a mask. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, we can, we can either go mask or I can go the public radio route and get you a tote bag. Oh, I didn't think about the tote bag. <laughs> How dare I? That's right. I don't know if I can fit all that on a mask. Yeah, that might be challenging. All right. All Symbolically, right. you just do a big Allen wrench. Well, that's true. Yeah. Like a little Allen wrench mustache on the max. Here we go. There you go. There you go. We got this all figured out now. He's and, and the Allen wrench. He's a Borg. You go. He's a Borg. He is a Borg. He's a Borg. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, Wharf, not your finest hour. No. <laughs> Perhaps it is a good day to overact. Well, and there's a whole—I mean—and I'm not saying anything. That, it is Star Trek. The James T. Kirk School of Acting was well, in that's, full force. That's true. I, I'm not saying anything that nobody knows or that everybody. But I mean, there's plenty of those. You know, Wharf versus Doors. You know. Oh my God. Or the right. And I, I guess it's—I guess they make it a—they say it's a trope, but you know, like you take the character that's supposed to be the strongest and the best fighter and all that kind of stuff, and then. He's always the guy that that becomes kind of like symbolic of of you know how strong whatever's coming onto the ship is because they always throw that guy out and he gets it handed to him right and so that everyone goes oh my gosh look how powerful these other people are because he took down our strongest guy but now then you get into the conundrum of the strongest guy is never used because he's always getting it handed to him so right. Um, that was always one of my favorite things on the Orville is when he was using the he'd always use the security chief, the the one woman, uh, the security to chief to loosen his pickle jars. Yep, and he's like open this pickle jar for me, and it was always to like open a door or you know something yeah. like that that he couldn't get open himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Question number two, issue two. Uh, who is the better commander, Shelby or Riker? Well, I'm gonna say Riker. Okay. Yep. I think she 
if you gave her free reign to do everything she wanted to do, because some of her plans were ones that they initially ended up going with. Right. The whole idea to separate the saucer section and all that. But her timing is always off because she doesn't have the the perspective needed Mm -hmm. to make the decisions at the right time. She may have great ideas. She's not seasoned enough, you're saying. Well, I don't want to say that because that makes it sound like only old people know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) I bet JP does. (laughs) (laughs) He knows something. Um, I just think that her, her execution is off. Okay. She needs to evaluate her situation better. Her ideas are sound. Mm -hmm. She needs, she needs a little more experience. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm I'm going Riker too. I just playing devil's advocate there. Totally. Yeah. Hey. And Pat, you said Riker as well. Yeah, Riker. Yeah. I mean, and and honestly, it, it, everything that they show is very. You know, she's challenging him to get the captain's ear, but they never really show her in terms of taking a cl- a plan and breaking it down for the subordinates or motivating a crew or bringing people together or, and the list goes on. And that's like, whenever you're the boss, whether that's, you know, the captain or the commander or the principal or the, you know, the head of household or whatever you want to say, you got to learn how to have people work together. And now part of it was they didn't quite, give her a chance to kind of show that but that's something that Riker's been having to learn and do and everything over how many years I don't know if she had the experience doing that I mean was she the first officer on any other ship um that's part of it it sounds like not it sounds like they've had her swirled away at Starfleet Command working on strategy for two years right and and so that's and it's just different in a lab well, yeah, and I mean that's cool, but that's your skill set. Now, if you're going to get out there and you're going to learn how to lead people, you know, okay, now now you're going to have to put that in your skill set, but you're going to no longer be, you know, working this or that or the other thing. You got to like lead people, right? Mm-hmm. And um I think that was one of the big character arcs that was kind of interesting f- with the Worf character was he went that route, went the command route from just being security, right? And so he, they, you saw him in more of a leadership role, right? And so that, that's interesting. Although, going back, he's always in charge of the security team. So, I mean, so that whole, like, like being in charge, that doesn't just mean that you're an expert in one area, you get, I'm kind of overstating the point, but yeah, that's why I think he was, he was the better you know, he was the, he was the better commander just because, I mean, her whole thing was to, you know, I want your job. I want the, it was all, they centered the character. It was like self-centered. This is what I want for me, as opposed Mm -hmm. to here's how I can fit in and bring this team together. This is how I can take this to the next level. Here's, you know, so that's, yeah, my long-winded of saying yes, I agree. That's fine. All right, and then final question. If 
you could captain a starship in the Star Trek universe. That doesn't have to be a starship, but if you could captain a ship in the Star Trek universe, which one would it be? And this can be Federation, Klingon, Romulan, Ferengi, any era, any ship that exists in Star Trek. If you could captain one, what would you captain? Hmm. And you got and, one, Bo. My my well, my lovely wife. Go like, ahead, we, John. We really enjoyed. Uh, we really enjoyed. I've said before. We enjoyed the TV show Hell on Wheels, and the guy who plays the main character in Hell on Wheels is also Captain Pike um, in Discovery. And so, um, my lovely wife said, "Well, I don't know that I'd want to captain a ship, but like, could you be like the first officer on a ship?" And I was like, "Sure." She's like, "Okay, I'll be the first officer on uh, Captain Pike's Enterprise." And I was like, "What are your motives?" I was just gonna say, but like, wait a minute, hold on. This is it. This is this question has taken on a new. Do we do we wrinkle. like Star Trek for the same reasons? <laughs> no. <laughs> or the answer is and yes. Did did she did she look at you and say it's just one wife's fantasy, John? I, it wasn't anything like that, right? Like. Could be. Uh, the needs of the one <laughs> outweigh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. My answer would be so. So I've I've got a couple, um, and I think I would just go straight because I, and I spent some time looking at. It was mainly going to be based off of like how they look and like that would be mm-hmm. the, that would be the cool one to be the captain of. And I used to as a kid when I was a when I was still just a very huge Star Trek fan, I used to love to go. I never bought the book itself, but I would go to this bookstore uh, when we lived in England, and they had a copy of the. Uh, it was the books they would have with like the schematics of the starships, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. would and I would always go and I'd, I'd take a look at that. And I remember. Oh, do you have a cut? Yeah. <laughs> and so I would go and I'd take a look at it. I was like, oh, this is so cool because they in that book they even had because no internet at that point. Um, you know, they even had copies of this is what the NCC one seven zero one C looks like, mm-hmm. or the B, or they're like, you're you kidding me. They've never done those in a movie um, or a TV show. And so it was always fun to kind of go through that and look through those and, and just like see the different schematics and blueprints of, of what the different ships would look like. But I always like, even when I went through and I looked at the different ships, I was like, you know what? I, I used to have like two different models of the Enterprise D and I used to have, you know, all these different models of, I used to love the Klingon bird of prey. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I loved how that ship looked, um, you know, and, and even like the the Romulan Warbird from Next Generation and, and stuff like that. But I kept coming back to, I, I, I just, I've got the soft spot for the NCC-1701A. Like that's, mm-hmm. it's the it's the classic one. It's the one that, you know, I grew up watching all the movies with that one. So I think I would still go that one would be the, the 1701A Enterprise from the movies. Um, okay. The other one I would pick actually would be the Enterprise from Enterprise, the NX-01. Oh yeah, okay. so I always, cool. I always, I always like the look yeah. of that one. I was like, that's really, I mean, it's different enough. It's different from the other enterprises. I, I really like the look of that one. So if it wasn't going to be movie enterprise, it would be the NX01. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice man. Yeah. So I have two also. I love, love the defiant. Mm. That little, quick, slick little race car of a battleship. Tough I little mean, ship. 
Just <laughs> let's go, little, man. Little. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm also a bells and whistles guy, and that Enterprise E from First Contact. I mean, that is a that is a slick. That you know where the where the Defiant is the is the the race car that that sovereign class Enterprise is the luxury automobile man. Mm-hmm. You're in style when you're on that thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I um, you know, it's funny. I'm just gonna take both of yours. I mean, like the Defiant, that thing's pretty cool. But then John, like you said, I I mean. You kind of remember what you watched as a kid, and I remember watching not the original series one, but the one from the movies, like the Wrath of Khan. You know, like I remember seeing right. that, and just all the sets looked really cool, and yeah. So it was, um, it was, uh, yeah. I, I think I think both of those would have been would have been really cool, but yeah, it's it's hard to fault against the defiant that that thing was that thing was pretty cool and played such a good role in the in the deep space nine series too so yeah yeah fun stuff yeah i remember i used to have a set um uh when i was in school in england we had i bought a set because we had like a model building club after school and one of the sets i bought was it was like it was three different enterprises so it was the original series enterprise then it was the movie enterprise and then it was the enterprise d from next generation so it was all the ones that existed up to that point um because generations hadn't come out yet so we hadn't seen the that was the b in generations wasn't it yes yeah yes at the very beginning yeah with which was really just the excelsior from the movie anyway right right you know with with captain cameron and, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, actually if you fly the ship backwards, <laughs> things might help. I don't, I don't know. Um, well then the torpedoes get there before Tuesday. Well, that's true. That is true. Um, and, uh, then I had another kit that I bought that had a, it was a, uh, Klingon battle cruiser from the original series. It was the, a giant model of the Romulan warbird. Uh, mm-hmm. It was the old Romulan Warbird from the original series TV show, and it was a Klingon bird of prey. And you could like you, you, you squeeze the back of it, and the little wings would go up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these and it was an awesome set. Like it, and oh, you know what? It actually cool. came with a uh, it had a Ferengi battle cruiser too. And um, okay. you know you had to put together the whole thing. You had to paint all of it. You had to do all that stuff. And I just remember I I spent hours putting these things together, and I had them I displayed up in my room, and I absolutely just I loved that model set. And I, I feel like I have them maybe squirreled away somewhere. Um, I have no clue where they are right now, but they're somewhere. I would love to find those again. But yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. When there's, and there's think, so many fun ships, like just all the different designs that they've come out with over the years. Yeah. And they do a really neat job with some of it of really kind of making each group kind of have their own looking ship mm-hmm. right kind of the, you know the, the family of design kind of works for it and and uh yeah that the the klingon bird of prey design you know looked so cool and uh but you know all the klingon ships look like that the better, I, yeah they i think that's one thing they do pretty darn well is they, they give the ships you know kind of a they all kind of have their unique look mm-hmm. you know 
and I know that they, you know, one of the faults can be, well, traveling through space wouldn't really go like that. You know, that's, you know, it's, but that being said, I think for entertainment value and yeah, I, I, I think that um, those are pretty cool. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I think it's going to do it for this episode. Uh, thank you guys for being here for Star Trek Next Generation, the best of both worlds. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. We will not leave this one on a cliffhanger, so it's, we'll, we'll go ahead and end this one. It'll be fine. Um, and uh, we didn't get much of a chance to talk about it, but if anybody is interested, the next episode that would follow Best of Both Worlds is kind of a nice wrap-up. Um, not a lot of action at all, but a very and, and kind of very important to some later stuff that happens, you know, ties into some things that happen on down the line with Picard and even ultimately ties into some events that happen um, when you get to the very, like the series finale uh, with all good things. So, um, you know, very much a character driven episode. Once you give it the family, I think Bo, you said is what the the title of that one is. So um, that is also a good one. Kind of a, a nice, I don't know if I'd call it a third part, but a little bit more of maybe like an epilogue to uh, best of both worlds. So that's a good one to check out too. If you have not seen that one yet as well. So, uh, in the meantime, you can go visit our, our website, 30podcast.com, uh, at 30podcast on most of the different social medias. Great way to find us there. Voicemail, 872-356-6843. Our next episode's coming up uh, in uh, Time and Space Month. We've got one more Time and Space movie, and that's Spaced Invaders. And then at the end of this month, we're also going to be doing Mo Better Blues. And then in September, we move on into, we slide on into Kids Month, and that is going to be Kindergarten Cop, Home Alone, DuckTales the Movie, and Problem Child. So we're hoping to see you back here for all of those. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, give us some feedback or, you know, you know, just kind of put in some of your two cents for any of those movies that are coming up or any of the movies we've already covered. We would love to hear from you. So please feel free to do that either through the voicemail line, email, Twitter, Instagram, wherever. Um, and we will look forward to getting your feedback on that. So in the meantime, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies and we'll see you back here next time. Mm-hmm.